0: 21st century
1: To Moving Iron Podcast: The Wednesday Show. This is episode number two, and I've got back with me again my good friend Brent Carlson from the Dry Line Farmer Podcast. How you doing, bud? Doing good, player. What's going on? Oh man, just living the dream, baby. Living the nice. dream. Cashing them podcast checks, right? Or That's right. they keep That's telling right, me I'm man. getting one. I'm supposed to be getting one in the mail, but I haven't yet to get one. But you know,
0: you'll see me out on the corner here later with a with a cardboard sign saying <laughs> "We'll do any, we'll podcast for
1: cash, podcast for food." Right? There you go. Right on. Um, all right, man. Uh, the world has not changed any. It's still a, a big mess from what it was last time we did this. Not thought we pretty much solved the world's problems last week, but feels like this week things are uh, things are going going a little bit uh, off the rails in a different direction. But before we jump into the uh, the greatness that we call the uh, print news here, Brent, why don't you give us a little rundown on what's happening in the uh, in the markets?
0: Well, if you're in my trading business, you're crap because <laughs> anything I've done has been wrong except I made money yesterday on a, on a quick crude trade. Other than that, I've lost my ass because mainly I was in the hogs mm. and I had a hog spread on and it absolutely ripped my head open because, and I only had a five lot on too. Thank God for that. It was the October, December hog spread and I was a bull spread in it and that SOB the day before yesterday, which would be Monday, moved five dollars in one day. It was you could have been way better off if you were just straight up long or short in the front month. But because the front month of October was down two bucks, and the and December was up two and a half to three bucks, and I was ass in wrong. I had such a great start to the year, but now crap. But yeah, in a in more positive note, we're going to go over to uh, the grains. They pretty much. Took the corn all the way back from what they gained over the last few days. Uh, Yesterday had a, and I don't know why they did. Maybe you got to read on it, but a corn was down, what, like six, six and a half. And it's even down another one and a half this uh, overnight trade. And um, let me see if I can get over to the uh, total grains deal, because this isn't my main machine. I've got like a fancy three screen deal. There we go. Okay. The wheat, the wheat's always crap. It's up three quarters. That's in the Chicago. And you got corn. It's down penny and a quarter. In the December, March, and even the maize down a penny, you get over the soybeans they're down a little bit, two cents in the November and a penny and three quarters over there in the January and then um, we're going to talk about this in a minute, and I don't have it it's in the meats I guess I don't know why is, shouldn't dairy be in uh, i mean I know it comes from meat, but should it be in the meats category I guess that's the only place they can put it yeah it's, they don't have a, it's, they don't have a liquid sky. Sc- i mean orange juice they should put it over with the o j the coffee I mean that would make a lot more sense
1: yeah. Okay, so class
0: three milk is uh, in the December. Is that No, that's October. October contract, and it's not very heavily traded, I guess, but uh, it's 1866. I guess that's 1866, 100 weight. And then you get over to November and December, and it's down to uh, 1795 and 1712. So uh, the uh, milk uh, market is uh, quite strong. You get over to the rest of the meats. you get over to those hogs, those stupid freaking hogs. And um, October was down dollar fifty two yesterday, down the three dollar limit in the December. So I got out a day early as usual, and then you get. I know I'm going the backwards of the actual usual order that people go. They usually go live cattle, feeder cattle, hogs, and then into the grains. But I'm doing it different because I can. Right on. So live cattle, you know, yesterday they were up a buck thirty five, and December is up the buck twenty seven yesterday. About over in the feeder cattle, you got the October's uh, up a big $3 and 10 cents a pound. And you got the November's I'm going to switch it up. It's 187 cents, a hundred weight. So we got that going for them. A nice little rally yesterday. I don't know what it was all about. Maybe they were talking about a little higher cash, but, uh, right now it all sounds like, is I'm giving the quotes and I don't know any reason why they're doing what they're doing, but yeah, you've got the numbers right there for you. Yeah, Casey, it's back to you. <laughs> That's almost professional, Brent. That's great. Hell yeah, man! And uh, now this word from uh, the transvaginal mesh company.
1: <laughs> Corn is want- hey, a crazy deal, man. I've been watching it, and I thought after that report came out that they'd start kind of slowly, kind of creeping their way up, and then. But I was wrong yesterday. That's for sure. Holy Moses! It went so from-
0: I've got some. I got some short dated calls that go off the end of the week, and I was just getting back into the money on him. Yes, uh, on uh, let's see. That would be Monday. They rallied, and then the crop the crop progress report came out, and I thought it was somewhat friendly. I guess it wasn't, but uh, yesterday they took a good chunk of this uh, four-day rally back, and they're even a little lower today. So um, I thought the uh, – I can probably pull it up real quick, but I thought it was uh, somewhat – unless there was some export news that I didn't see, I thought it was somewhat friendly if you were uh, on the long side of the deal. Well, China took another uh –
1: another load of soybeans
0: yeah well didn't uh was it angie that said that they found another so many million bushels
1: yeah like six billion bushels or something like that
0: yeah of um, was of the corn or something like that i have to go back yeah. and look at
1: the tweet but it's something like that it was a uh, it was a substantial amount like how do you how did you overlook that
0: right yeah so Anyway, whatever the case was, um, you could be the report could be right or wrong. The case was uh it was negative because the market was negative. So that's really all you gotta talk about that. So yeah. Casey do you know what's much behind on on the on that dairy price? I know the class milks, like we said is up pretty stout. I know somebody was saying yesterday to me that the cheese market was uh which we're really driving the thing.
1: Well I've, when I have Sean Hackett on um from Hackett Financial, um, he talks about that. He's talked about that a few times. And he said it's not necessarily um, a couple things have happened. One is it's there. there's a purge in the dairy market every so often, right, where they'll go through this, this kind of riff in the marketplace where, their prices start creeping up and people start building up herds and then they start producing a bunch of milk. And then it's a whole supply and demand thing. And the price of milk comes down and then they, uh, they cool off some herds and they, they take them off and, you know, they butcher them and, and send them off the packing plants. And then the, the herds get back down to normal. Well, that's what's been happening here the last two or three years, really. The price of milk has just been, you know, barely even like you're, you're really not making money at all, period. I mean, you were just kind of hanging on at best. And, so the dairy herd got down, and now that that supply and demand thing came up. But it is he 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 talked about it several times that it's not necessarily the, the milk that's driving that, but it's the it's the cheese market
0: that's doing that. Night, you know, it's. I mean, I know we do our part to um, push the cheese market at our house because uh, everything's covered in cheese. We covered ice cream and cheese if we could, but uh, yeah, the damn thing doesn't melt right. So it's uh, weird how that works, it, right? It's like a it's like a it soft is, shell. Man. We got he got two little boys and. Uh, and me and then uh, mama, she didn't, didn't get too much of it, but the boys do. And, uh, yep. yeah, it's pretty, well, now here's uh, I guess they got a milk production net deal coming out this week or today, actually. So, um, let's see if I can, no, that's looking forward. I was trying to s- find the damn, uh, so I was trying to get on the, uh, man, lib, the NAS Manlib deal. And it says attackers may be trying to, uh, get your information from the uh, Manlib website. Okay, here we go. This is a different link. I don't know what the hell they're going to get from me, but, uh, Okay, September 16th, PDF. Here we go. Pretty damn fast. So in the corn dough, you know, the, uh, let's see, 18 states, September of this year was uh, 93%. The average is 98%. Dented, 68% versus the 87%. Uh, that's what, the um, five-year average. So, you know, corn dented's well behind. And then you get corn mature, 18% versus 39% on the five-year average. Harvested, which is pretty much a misnomer right now or not not consequential because the average is 7% and we were only at 4%. And then you get into the crop condition, I guess is what really people are looking at. The um, good to excellent, um, let's see, that's a combined 55 for the for the for uh, this current year. And um, the previous year was, let's see, that's, uh, do my math, that's 68%. So you got a little uh, discrepancy there. And then getting over into the soybeans. Soybeans look like they're Oh, you know, should be on five-year average, 100% set pods, and they're only at 95%, so that's probably not too much a statistical all, or a statistically infinitesimal number there. So dropping leaves, they're about 15, 15% versus 38%, so that's half of where they should be there. I don't know next to nothing about soybeans, and the uh, soybean condition uh, was, let's see, for the 18 states, good to excellent was that looks like 54% versus the... Uh, previous year, which was, uh, that looks like 67%. So everything's behind last year and, um, five-year averages. But I guess, you know, if you want to get over the cotton market, because cotton is stupid and we call it the white locust if you want to trade it, because (laughs) it will freaking blow your nose up if it goes up your nose. Yeah. So, um, let's see 15 States bowls open 54% versus the forty seven percent uh, five-year average. So it's actually ahead of schedule there. Got, uh, the harvested number is pretty much uh, insignificant because it's only uh, usually eight percent. It's nine percent harvested now, this year. So yeah. the uh, cotton condition, let's see, looks like previous year good to excellent was thirty nine percent, and uh, so it looks like this year is actually forty one percent good to excellent. So I don't know how that's possible. Maybe because all the bad stuff got drowned out in the delta, got, got cooked out in the southeast, and got colded out, or however you got, froze out in the uh, southern plains of Texas. So <laughs> maybe yeah. that's just all good stuff. I'd like to see the actual acre numbers. Yeah, and nobody cares about sorghum because sorghum will live on the moon. So yeah, it's a that is a that's, that is a crazy crop. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, quite fair <laughs> enough this year. We. We usually don't ever grow irrigated uh, milo because it's just man. We just have a hard time making it pencil or anything. We've got, you know, we've cut we've done a lot of dry land in the past, but uh, since we lost a lot of cotton due to weather back in uh, back in our, uh, late May, we went ahead and planted a lot of milo behind it. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to water it hardly at all because we were too busy watering corn. But um, it's uh so we're making we're making a couple passes on it the last couple weeks because we're just about finished up with corn. Yeah. So we're actually uh, worked on the uh, corn header yesterday afternoon, checking gearboxes and stuff. So we may be actually cutting some edges here within the next few days. So um, yeah. Yeah. Move many corn heads, Casey. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got some.
1: That we, our used market's been pretty hot right now. I mean, we've got some. We've got some used uh, used cornheads out there. I'll be honest see, with you. A lot of a lot of the stuff that we're moving right now, when it comes to this this marketplace that we see right now, has everything to do with just the age of the equipment and the number of hours they put on them and and, right. and how long they run them. And you know, I think some guys are stepping back and looking at you know, I can only I'm not going to put another twenty grand in my combine this year. You know, and I think that's it's, that's starting to kind of pencil out in some guys' minds.
0: Yeah, see, that's you know we're uh, we got a quote. We had a guy come by. I guess he's a new salesman, and he came by. I guess a month ago. Actually, I didn't see him. I just saw some literature on the desk in the barn, and it had a big. Um, what Was it a ninety-two? No, this wasn't even a large uh, case combine. This was like a seventy, a seven thousand series or something, brand new, and it was what was it four forty-eight? He had a on the second page. He had a posted note with a uh, four hundred forty-eight grand on it. That's cheap, man. So, you should jump on it. Yeah. yeah, jump yeah. all over that. He's not going to make any money on that trade, is he? You'd be amazed.
1: I, this conversation is—it makes me laugh because it's. You'd re, I'm selling new stuff. There's not a lot of margin in that new stuff. Yeah. No, I
0: knew there never was really. The money's all in the uh, in the service house. Yep. So, yeah, that's where you make all your money. Yeah. So the used used uh, you make a little more margin on that used stuff, huh?
1: Uh, a little bit. I mean, it just depends on what it is and and if you judge the reconditioning right or not. That's where yeah. it it's kind of eats you. Well, up we've there. got
0: our we've had our we got an eighty ten and then we got an eighty two thirty and we've had the eighty ten in the shop here the last well they've had it I think a month. They were replacing some sh- the shaker shoot bearings oh, yeah. and uh, some of that stuff because. Apparently uh, they've been known to come apart during harvest, so uh, we've got all that stuff replaced. We hopefully we be getting it back any day. So it's always uh,
1: fun to watch that combine eat itself when those shaker shoes fall fall down and hit the uh, try to run the through scents. the combine. They do they do such a good job of really tearing up the combine when that happens.
0: <clears throat> you know the uh, I don't know if it's on the 8010 or the 8230, but one of them had a beater. And one of them had a chopper coming out of the back of the rotor. And you do not want the beater. You want the chopper. That's what she said. Because that beater creates a massive amount of stress on the uh, back there in the back of the combine. We've actually, back when we first got those uh, later model cases, those 8000 series, we had, you know, those have the the quarter concaves instead of the big old freaking halves like the 1680s and stuff had. We actually ate a couple of like one of the, con- I don't guess they got put in correctly or something, but one of uh, uh, two different times in the same day, I think a concave fell off and we spit it out the back of the combine and by some miracle, it didn't tear anything up. It didn't tear up a sieve. It didn't tear up a spreader. And you're lucky. It just spit it out the back of the combine. It was some kind of freaking miracle because I can't imagine running a, running a concave across a sieve and not tearing it up. You can bend it with your, with a hand tight, you yeah. know, freaking glove. So yep. It's a uh, pretty wild stuff.
1: I found that story on the on the uh, the corn thing. China found okay. fifty six metric tons of corn.
0: Okay, fifty six uh, metric tons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's that's if you do the math on that, that's that's several bushels of corn. That's a big pile. That's a giant pile. Like, how do you miss that? But whatever. China also is known for not counting everything, and then all of a sudden they they want to buy something. Oh, look, we found another hundred billion bushels of corn over here. Oh, little now, little, now yeah, we little can little buy little cheaper. Cool. Yeah, it's great. So there's
0: an Aspen Dental commercial on right now, and they have a guy that's doing a testimonial that looks exactly like John Candy. I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> fortunately, it's not a transvaginal mess commercial. That's a plus. But, uh, that would that's be plus. It's too early for that stuff. It's got to be from noon <laughs> yes, to 4. It's never too early. It's always too early for those commercials. <laughs> yeah. So. But, you know, talking about the core, like Landon, we did a podcast last night. Landon said they've already gotten in. They got a million in at one location yesterday. A million pounds and so you know it's only what's today's the 18th of september this is getting early i know going in between my house and herford one guy which he usually plants early anyway he's already got a couple two three circles out um in in the in the elevator so it's a like i said you know usually we always think we're going to cut something before october 1st and never happens well this this is a different year we'll definitely well at the very least we'll cut edges but i bet we'll be cutting full circles before the end of the month
1: yeah well, now that yeah. we're on corn, let's jump over here. So there's this, uh, I'm on AgWeb here, and there is a, uh article titled, Even Donald Trump Thinks He's Spending Too Much Time on Ethanol. And that is a <laughs> that's a freaking hot button right now. So, I mean, if you if you take a look at at, and it's been a hot button since he's been president, right? So there's been, um, I mean, a lot of folks that were saying, hey, you know what? We voted GM, we want you to do this, and, and these these uh, biofuel um Exemptions and stuff like that and and wrens and all these different things that are playing into that um, are kind of kind of going out there so I guess from your perspective where you 're at um, there are some ethanol plants in my median area I'm, I'm, are there's some down in your area too brent there's some ethanol plants
0: yeah there's there's two on the west on the east side of Hereford. and i and i 'm not sure, but I think one of them they idled one here a few months ago and i don 't know if it 's still idled or not, but um the uh there's two. They're like I said. They're both on the east side of Hereford, and um, I'm not sure what their capacity is or anything. But I think pretty much all of their corn is all railed in. I don't think they hardly use any local corn, just for the simple fact. If you're growing much corn at all or grain corn, you're going to the co-op or there's there's one or two other places you can go with. But I just don't think they're paying enough to uh, to get any to get any local corn. So they rail it all in. There's a big. There's a fairly sizable ADM terminal on the west side of Hereford, but i think it's pr- probably pretty much all aimed at going to all the feed yards and it's all railed in as well yeah but um you know you know of course the byproduct is those wet distillers grain right and um you know those uh, sweet brand trucks they go up and down the up and down the highway all day every day and they go from here up to dowhart which is about oh Dalhart's about 60 70 miles northwest of amarela but uh, it's a pretty hot highway between here and, and Dalhart, and um, they have a big terminal up there that I guess they it goes to the rail and goes out to everywhere. And uh, of course, look, we at has enough feed yards; they can pretty much gobble all that up anyway. Right. So, um, you know, they've uh, they've quoted some Milo. You know, you could sell some Milo to them if you wanted to, but I think it's kind of a wash between between them and the co-op if you figure in your dividend and everything. So. Um, you know the ethanol deal for at least for our area. You know we're all, you know it's either silage or, uh, or the co-op corn, and uh, we pretty much just appreciate the price rises on the national level as far as ethanol prices. So yeah, you know we don't. I don't think there's hardly any ethanol corn ethanol going to the to the local plants. So yep. you know <laughs> the fact that they they idled that one for um, for a while. You know that was that was probably back. But when corn was back above four dollars, I would—I don't know what the margin is now. You know, if they're getting what they what they pay on cash corn, if they give you a little premium or not. But uh, it's—you uh, know—I would think the, the I, with that with the craziness in the oil market the last week. I don't know if that changes anything. They already took quite a bit back of it off after that one day. But uh, I was surprised that all the because uh, you know crude was up what seven dollars that one day. I'm surprised that all the gas stations didn't jump a quarter that day because usually that's what happens and i don't even think they moved well so, yeah i don't think
1: the price of gasoline moved much though i think the, well, yeah, but, a-
0: you know in the past even if a crude would jump like three or four dollars in a day due to some event they would immediately jump the price of the pump even though that crap in their tanks is from what six weeks ago probably yeah and but when if there's a big bear move in the crude they won't drop it the same day like they jump it so yeah. it's um it's kind of a game they play, but yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there's something else going on. But yeah, I don't think any of the places jumped here. Yeah. So, which was pretty helpful.
1: Well, yeah. So I don't know this this ethanol thing. It's a big deal for farming, you know, a big deal for the crops and everything we see. But there's a uh, there's God, there's so much dining. There's so many so many things that weigh into that on the on the other side of the ball. And you start looking at. Big oil right, yeah. and all those kind of folks weighing in on that and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to get done and so on and so forth. kind of goes back to the, the everybody, you know, the lobbyists and those kind of things and what that looks like. So, I don't know. I think there, there's a, a biodiversity, I guess, when you start looking at all the different things that are happening out there as far as energy goes. And ethanol has to play play a part just because of... Obviously, I mean, we have a bunch of corn laying around. Why not
0: turn into fuel, right? But right? there's Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, I think it's actually DDG's, dried distillers grain, but I think that's kind of where their big – Money is yeah. That's where all the that's what from what that's I understand all the, anyway. All the profit is that's all the yeah. gravy there. Yeah, that's where they make because it's
1: the that byproduct is is technically free. I mean because it, it just, yeah. they have it anyway, right? That's and true. They, they don't that. have to right, do right. anything to produce it. It just that's just a byproduct of of making ethanol. Ethanol, yeah. And so yeah, they make that and every. uh you start looking like Western Kansas where there's a, a large concentration of, of uh, feedlots and up here in uh, Nebraska where I'm at and the concentration of feedlots there. And especially when you start looking at what's going on in Eastern Colorado, which there's really no ethanol plants out there that I could think of anyway. But um, that that's getting to be very concentrated where those, those feedlots are in that kind of Texas Panhandle right. all the way through Eastern Colorado, Western Kansas, Oklahoma Panhandle, Nebraska Panhandle, all the way through there. That's, that whole kind of – it's kind of like the core beef producing, I guess if you wanted to have like a a, a beef belt, you know, that's kind of where that's at. And there's a uh, – those distiller grains are getting to be a bigger part of, of, the, of the rationing that, that you see getting fed to cattle right now. I mean, it's just – it's so high in protein and so nutrient-rich that it's actually more nutrient-rich when it comes out of that than when they actually feed the corn. So it's a <clears> – <throat> It's a big deal, and I, I could see that being uh, just making ethanol for the sheer
0: fact of, of, of uh, getting the distillers grain out of it. Right? Yeah. You know, it, it, on the PR front, you know, back when the ethanol hit back in '08, of course, that's when crude went to what 150 bucks a barrel. Oh, yeah. But, you know, everybody was raising hails like, look at you're growing our food to make fuel, and of course, they're still making fuel out of our food, and it's three dollars and sixty cents a bushel or three seventy. Right. So, you know, all of a sudden, it's not such a big deal. So. Yeah, yeah that's, it's, that's pretty interesting. It's uh, in this, this Donald Trump's story. I'm trying to figure out where they've got him doing the speech. It'll, I don't know if it's a barn in construction, but they've got it open-ended. Maybe it's just a big commodity barn. And even in the picture, he's got his head cocked like he's trying to read the teleprompter. Right. Like he's in the middle of an awesome or a huge.
1: <laughs> Hugely? I can't tell what it is. It's very bigly. It's bigly going to yeah. help you guys. Bigly. It's, a bigly, it's a bigly barn. <laughs> <laughs> right on all right man so what what do you got on your on your radar now brent
0: well as far as on the uh, outside of the microphone front we're uh, getting ready to uh, look at some corn harvest um you know we talked about the dairy prices um you know there's like i said before we started recording there's allegedly a twenty thousand head dairy going in about 30 miles south of where we live and um, that's going to be a huge that's about well it's not the biggest area i've heard i've there's one up in the northern Texas Panhandle. I think they do forty or fifty thousand. It's a I think it's a Portuguese-owned deal. But um, you know, as far as us, we're um, getting ready to uh, got the combines in the barn, and we, I think we've about got them all ready to go. We're working on a header and checking all in the gearboxes and uh, adjusting some gathering chains, and uh, probably need to adjust, we probably need to change them all out. But uh, we're uh, we're going to order. We ordered some yesterday, so maybe they'll be in today. But doing that and. Um, been starting to have to cake quite a few cows because um, we've had just a minimal amount of rain in the last, actually zero rain in like since, let's see, what is it, September? So like two years ago, no, we had like, we had a decent rain maybe six weeks to two months. It's just been a dry SOB. We've got some grass out there in the middle part of the county that caught two big rains early on, and it's actually really good shape out there. Um, doing all that And in the between all that We're doing this Tri-State Fair and Rodeo We showed our heifers Last weekend And we're doing a steer This weekend So of course We've got time for that And this guy doing A Fisher Investments commercial Looks just like Lyle love It. But I digress So um, y'all, When do y'all have Your big fair up there? Uh, we had
1: it This, it's this summer It's usually uh, I'm trying to remember What it is There's Basically our fairs Kind of start sometime In, in, uh, in Basically June And run through the 1st August kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. so kinda, is, it getting,
0: is it starting to get cool up there yet?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. We've had a couple of uh, low 40-degree nights. Um, um, it was 90 on Monday, so. Yeah. But that was uh, oddity. But it, we're getting that, uh, you know, might be warm during the day thing, but it's, you know, low 50s, high 40s type of thing. So fall's making its way, making yeah, its way so through.
0: Here, here's our forecast. Today it's supposed to be ninety three. And then tomorrow, 88, 86, 89, 87, 89, 86, and then the lows are all in the mid to low 60s. So it is not And our average temperature is uh, average high is supposed to be 82, and the average low is supposed to be 56. So, yeah, that's a, I'm ready for the average high to be 56. Yeah, right now we're, we're, uh. Up
1: here, it's going to be, uh, today's high 79, and 50 is a the low. Then we got 87, 84, 75, 76, oh. 82, 79. Yeah. And there's low low 50s, you know, somewhere between 45 and 50 degrees for lows. Yeah. Oh, I love those
0: temperatures. Those are nice. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing all that. Yeah, we've got, and then we're going to actually take the uh, heifers to the Texas State Fair next um, month. And that's during, well, hell, we might be done with the corn harvest. But then we've actually got some cotton bowls that are opening up. Um, They're probably just kind of outliers, but, um, hell, we might have some. uh, We're actually watering cotton. Usually, we're completely shut down watering cotton, but if it's going to stay close to 90 degrees till towards the end of September, I mean, you might as well. It ought to be no more rain, no more moisture than this cotton got. They ought to make a pretty good crop because there's bowls all the way into the top of the plant. You usually don't finish those out. They're um, most likely going to get finished out because for the foreseeable future, we're going to have lots of still – Good growing days for the cotton So uh, yeah. Um, hell we might be stripping cotton by the time But yeah so we're doing the state fair I've never been there My wife always went there for her heifers But Where's that, at? Is that Is that in Dallas, in Dallas yeah. That's in Dallas Yeah, yeah. And, um, and um, So we're Going to do that And of course for the state fair Steers it's terminal So we never We never had fall steers We always had Steers for the uh, For the majors in Houston, San Antonio, and Fort Worth So those aren't till the winter time Yeah
1: it looks like the Fed's getting yeah. ready to drop the rate again today. I was kind of curious what they're going to do, but
0: the uh, what now?
1: The Federal Reserve.
0: Oh, the Federal Reserve. Yeah, yeah. they've got an FOMC meeting today, at, or I guess they've got an announcement coming out at one whether they're going to drop the rates or not. But yeah, hell, what are the rates? They're not can't be more than what two percent, can they?
1: Uh, right now, they see they have okay. The Federal Reserve is likely to cut. I'm on uh, Wall Street Journal right now. This is the Fed prepares second rate cut to cushion against global risks. Uh-huh. Uh so the first headline here is uh the Federal Reserve is likely to cut its short term benchmark rate by one quarter percent percentage point to the range between one point seven five and two percent at the conclusion of its uh first two day meeting on Wednesday. The big question right. is what clues the central bank offers about any more rate reductions mm. I don't know, man. this thing's kind of I have more concern about this than I do anything else. I mean, yeah, it's great that they're low in interest rates, I mean, for the for the consumer and, and what have you, but it shows you that there's a lot of stagnancy in uh in the overall economy right now. And that's
0: yeah that's what you I see mean, in driving
1: just, the cotton market. I mean just guys, there's not a lot of extra money worldwide for people to go out and just buy stuff.
0: That, well that you know, and you've got um a strong dollar and that really yeah, hurts it, that hurts know, it too. Yeah. yeah, you know, the euro, it's really it's only a dollar ten to the it's only one ten to the dollar now, and you know, yeah. just what a year or two ago was a buck 30 so that's you know of course it's a basket of currencies when they do that so yep. that real that strong dollar really hurts that cotton number yep. and if cotton and if china keeps fixing their yuan or whatever you say it to the dollar that's um that's a big deal so yeah 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 it's it's hard to get around a lot of that stuff people that's one thing you know farmers are always kind of obsessed with the supply side and you kind of forget the demand side and the sometimes we forget the outside influences that can uh affected. so we kind of got to and watch that stuff too but i mean weight percentage i would be
1: interested to watch interest rates they haven't necessarily like when you look at banks and stuff yeah their interest rates have come down a little bit but not not to the extent that they have that you think they would have come down since they've done this since yeah, they've done I mean, this stuff
0: interested the issue for farmers. I mean it's all about cash flow obviously. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I don't care. Interest doesn't I mean you pay attention to it, but it doesn't really factor into a lot of your decisions. It's all it's all about uh paying a five hundred thousand dollar combine off or something like that. Right. Yeah. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, right? Yeah. It's all about that. Nothing new. Nothing new under the sun, Casey. No,
1: same old, same old. All right, man. Well, anything else you want to throw out there before we shut this thing down?
0: I don't think so. We uh we posted a uh, our new episode this week dropped on the Dryline Farmer podcast, and um, it's about peeing in public. So that's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> and um, we uh, go over the taboos and the um, experiences we've come across at the golf course. And we talk about when we were in college and there was be the chick that would walk into the bathroom, the men's bathroom, with no shoes on to take a leak, and how that always. Um, yeah, the most
1: disgusting it, thing on the planet, dude.
0: It, it didn't interest me, but it amazed me, I guess is the correct word. Yeah. And of course, when they when the girl always walked in, all the guys would go, "Hey!" <laughs> you know, so uh, while they're still shaking off, you know. So, right. Anyway, right so on. we've got that. We've got a really high class, high um really high society podcast this week. So um and we talk a little fair stuff.
1: Right on. And Brent, where can they find your Quite funny well, podcast Well I can
0: find it Everywhere I can find The Moving Iron Podcast It's iTunes And Google Play Stitcher SoundCloud And of course You can find it On my Twitter handle That's At Trader Brent Landon usually retweets it At NoTwitLandon44 And I know Casey Seymour Always retweets it Yep Yep And at the Global Ag Network We really can't forget that
1: Can't forget that one either So just like Brent I'm all in the same spots Global Ag Network And as well as uh, iTunes Google Play Stitcher TuneIn Spotify where else SoundCloud all those fun places so make just sure you google check it. them out yeah just google you can find us we're all out there um I really appreciate everybody listening to this man I mean I've been doing this now for a little over two years and this thing with Brent is the second week of that but I've uh I've got a great opportunity here to to uh, talk to some really great folks over the time and I uh I really appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to to the podcast and, and uh help me uh learn something along the way so uh Brent, uh, you take care of yourself. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, David, sounds good.
0: Moving higher in the 21st century. Hard working people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years, you'll find a scene. Moving out